You're listening to episode 51 of the ESL Teaching Podcast. This month's theme is all about making connections. And when you think about it, isn't all EL teaching about connecting with the students on both personal and academic level? Today, let's chat about academics. How do you teach English content to ESL students? This episode was inspired by a question I received from a listener, and I'm so glad she asked it because this is not the first time I heard this question, and I know a lot of teachers wonder the same thing. I wanted to make sure I share relevant and useful information, so I went back into my materials. I uh, thought and reflected a little bit about what worked with my EL students, and I came up with three tips that I will share on how to make English content accessible to English learners, as well as materials and strategies for how to teach more complex academic terms, such as literary elements. You can grab most of the resources I mentioned in this episode inside my Teachers Pay Teachers store or the ESL Teaching Roadmap membership. All right, let's get to the episode. Welcome to the ESL Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Yeva Grossless, otherwise known as Simply Yeva, and I am so thankful that you tuned in. I'm looking forward to sharing both my knowledge and experience on this podcast, as well as that of my fellow teachers. Hello, hello, everyone. Let's talk about academic connections today. Um, I recently received the following question from one of my listeners. My school has recently begun a contained English language arts class for the high school. I will be teaching this course and I'm making everything up from scratch with the help of your resources and podcast. The students will receive their English as a second language class, my English language arts class, and the study hall with me or the other instructor. What I would love are specific tips for teaching English content. Any foolproof stories or poems? This is quite a frequent question I get, so I decided to answer it in the podcast. First, I wanted to build a little background, and that is why English language arts can be a challenging subject for English learners. Depending on their proficiency level, traditional language arts content like uh, inferencing, finding metaphors and similes, identifying literary elements are tough. They might be able to do it in their first language if they are literate, but it is a higher level thinking skill that requires a thorough understanding of the language and having some background in it. So I have some ideas for you that I have shared with my content area teachers as well as tried in my own classroom with ESL students. So the first thing that I want to say English learners need to understand, okay? I've talked about this in quite a few episodes, but I want to repeat it and go a little bit more in depth. In order for English learners to be able to do any of the higher order thinking activities in English, they need to first understand the content. It's as simple as that. Now, how do we do it? Um, One way to do it is to see if you can find books that you use in your curriculum in the student's first language. So here are a few examples of books that are typically read and analyzed in high school literature classes. 
And you can look at your middle school books and that the same applies to you. Um, so for example, of Mice and Men, Fahrenheit 451, Romeo and Juliet, Lord of the Flies, The Great Gatsby, and these are just a few. There are many more. Now, it's uh, we've been able to find these particular books in my students' languages, namely in Spanish, Portuguese, Turkish, Russian. Some cultures translate a lot of Western books and especially classics, uh, which is helpful, uh, but other cultures do not do that. So keep that in mind. Now, if you have students who speak an Asian language, such as Mandarin, Jap Japanese, or Korean, this might be a bit more challenging. Simply because unless you're able to read in those languages, you might not be able to know whether what you are about to purchase is the correct item. So asking your students for assistance might be in order in this case. Another caveat is for students from India who frequently speak multiple languages but may not be literate in them and have access only to English. So these are some of the things uh, for you to consider uh, before you look for uh, books in the student's first language. Now, um, I have a few other notes that I wanted to share with you in this regard. Translations of some American literature, especially about more specifically American issues, might also be difficult to come by. For example, our students are reading The Things They Carried by Tim O'Brien, which is a collection of stories from the Vietnam War. It is a very, very powerful book and honestly one of my favorites for its emotional impact and understanding that era and what happened. But to find a translation for it has proven to be a bit more challenging. The same goes for another fantastic book. I don't know if your schools uh, read it, but uh, one of our curriculum books is The Other Westmore, written by the current gover governor of Maryland. Um, of course, he wrote it before he became a governor. I absolutely loved it, but it is American and deals with very American issues that other countries might not specifically relate to in this specific manner. But in any case, this would be the first step in setting your students up for success, finding books, uh, curriculum books that um, are translated into their languages. Um, when I was learning English myself, and even when I was in the university studying English language and literature, I will be honest, I took whatever books we were supposed to read in English, read them in Lithuanian, and then was able to participate in discussions, write analytical papers, and do all other things in English. But the understanding part was taken care of and I was able to fully participate because I had an in-depth understanding of the topic, of the themes, of the ideas in, in the books. So this knowledge is transferable. So if our goal is to help students learn content, this will be very helpful for them. Uh, the second way to help them understand, you know, the, the content is to bring it to them by creating summaries uh, or storyboards. So this sounds like a lot of work, but I promise you this will bring content to your students who do not have access to literature in their first language or are unable to read in their first language. And once you create those summaries, you will have them for years to come to reuse with all of the other students. Now, earlier I mentioned the book, The Things They Carried by Tim O'Brien, and it consists 
consists of short stories told about each of the members of the author's brigade in Vietnam. One way to help students access the book is to not read the entire book and do all the things with it, okay? Because this might just lead to frustration. And um, my goal is always to make learning meaningful for students. So if if we need to take a little bit longer, but as long as they get uh, the message and as long as they learn uh, what they need to learn, you know, is the whole point. Now, with the help of my content area teachers, we chose three important stories from the book. Okay, so not the entire book, but my EL students uh, chose three important stories. Um, And then I created a Google slide summaries for those stories. Now, to create a summary, I follow the principle of making it simpler in certain places and keeping the original language in other places. So it is uh, important, in my opinion, to expose our English learners to the original flow and expression of the English language. For example, building background of the story, who, what, where, when, uh, can be presented in one slide as a summary in several sentences. So when I'm talking about uh, one of the stories, uh, there was a, a story about a girl, a soldier who, who brought his girlfriend over to Vietnam. So I, I build the background by reading, you know, um, several sentences about who is telling the story, what the situation is, you know, why he was even able to bring the girlfriend and just the general vibe of the entire uh, group of the people. And to paint a picture of important events, I take important quotes and insert them in between my summary. So if we want to look at the character of the girlfriend, whose name is Marianne, I would uh, insert a quote uh, from what she said, or I would insert a quote from the book to describe the reactions of the soldiers and so on and so forth. Um, I also try to find visuals to include in my presentation that either represent the background of the story, the main idea of the passage, or the vocabulary that might be more challenging for the students to grasp. So the way I I present it, I simply go over the story with the students as a whole group. Um, I project it onto the board and uh, we make sure that we're all on the same uh, page, that we all understand. And then after we can work with things like metaphors or story elements or any of the literary uh, components. Another way to do it is to find graphic novels or even storyboards of the story you're reading. So the storyboards are even more difficult because the ones that I found uh, have portions of the book. So if you want to, or portions of the story or um, even just a scene, but it might, if it works for you, you can uh, just Google um, storyboard Romeo and Juliet or, sto- or, or whatever you're reading and you will definitely find something. Um, but there are graphic novels. The, some companies are already starting to release books uh, that are not only just letters, but also, you know, with images. For example, there's a graphic novel of Fahrenheit 451 available. And although the language there is original to the book, the images allow the students to get the main idea of the story and its development. So it might be helpful. 
So these are the tips for helping the students understand uh, the content uh, that you will be then using to teach them a particular skill or a particular element. Now, the second way is the presentation. So how do you present the content, right? So my mantra <laughs> is scaffold, 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 right? So as with any other class, it is extremely uh, important to utilize our top trio. Uh, the first one, vocabulary pre-teaching. So tier two words that go into the assignment. For example, if the students are later required to analyze the, this passage in a specific way, do they know what the word analyze means, right? Uh, specific vocabulary that helps them understand the story, okay? Uh, or any um, other words that might be repetitive and important, such as literary elements you're about to teach or something that the character constantly repeats or something that encapsulates the whole theme of the story. So vocabulary pre-teaching is really important and it's great not only for EL students, but it's for all students. The second way, the second in our trio is visuals and visuals, again, you know, it's easy to say use visuals. Okay, what is a visual? Um, so they can be representations of characters. Um, if uh, so, in one of the stories, for example, if your character is uh, described explicitly like um, a tall girl with blonde hair and blue eyes, you know, you could probably find an image of somebody like that. Um, you use visuals for ideas or things that are relevant in the story and the lesson. And sometimes they're not easy to find. So you might need to be creative and use several of them to bring the message home. But it is extremely important if we want to move forward with our uh, students. And then the third in our trio is repetition. So I know it sounds uh, uncomfortable to repeat the same thing over and over again, but the way I do it, you know, you can repeat it three times in the beginning, right? But you can also repeat it from different angles. Um, you can uh, provide different examples. You can come back to the word or idea or uh, theme at the end of the class or while you're reading, um, you can ask the students to repeat chorally or you can ask them to repeat in groups individually. Um, it's really dependent on your classroom situation, but repetition is really important. You know, we know that we need to hear something at least seven times to begin sinking in. So um, think about the main goal of your lesson and see if you can repeat it in a creative way, have the students repeat it back to you. And of course, you know, pre-teach vocabulary and use the visuals. And then we come up to the third step, which is teaching. Okay, so I finally wanted to share some specific tips for teaching literary elements and uh, some foolproof stories that help you do that. First of all, to teach certain literary elements, we can actually use a medium other than text, okay? Other than asking the students to read. What I mean by that is that ideas like characters, setting, storyline, conflict, climax, resolution can be found not only in books, but also movies, short videos, and real life. 
A few years ago, I had a student who was co a complete newcomer, yet he was so hungry to learn. He wanted to keep up in the classroom, but I wanted nothing more. <laughs> and I wanted nothing more than to help him access in English what he so desperately yearned for. So I scoured the internet to figure out ways to teach liter literary elements, which is what we they were covering in class. And I came across several fantastic Pixar shorts. So the first one uh, was After the, the Rain. I don't think this one is a Pixar short, but if you put it in YouTube, After the Rain, and uh, it uh, has an image of a man uh, and a dog, you're in the right place. It is a short story about a man who lives in the mountains with his loyal sheep dog, and they have sheep, and when they cut the sheep's hair, they make clouds from it. Now, everything goes well until one day the man, who is old, passes away in his sleep. The dog is lost and sad, and he doesn't know how to continue to live. Yet he's the one that needs to take care of the sheep right now. So he uses his creativity to overcome the problem, and he and the sheep continue making the clouds. And, you know, they thus keep the old man alive in their minds. The video is about eight minutes long, and it's really great for teaching plot characters, conflict, and sequence of events. Um, so I have, I created a lesson specifically for that. And this particular lesson is available only in the ESL teaching roadmap membership. Um, it's a truly engaging way, even for older students to, to learn the language arts vocabulary that is used over and over again. Now, the second one, uh, the second short movie that I use is One Man Band. Um, it is about two competing musicians in an empty town square, and at first there's no one to listen to them, but then a little girl enters the square, and those musicians try to outdo each other with even more complicated per performances just to get the girl to give one of them the coin she has. In the end, they stress the girl out, and the coin is lost, and... Uh, you know, we kind of like nobody gets anything. So the video is about five minutes long. And this lesson, you know, can also use the sequence on plot. Uh, but I use it for characterization, making inferences and finding a theme, uh, which, you know, is uh, quite a difficult thing for students to master. So using any of the short films uh, or videos to drive the main literary elements home is a great way, you know, a great starting point with your students. Um, of course, we want the students to be able to read as well. And, um, you know, once they're able to read, if you have like, let's say, a level threes, okay, so and up, you know, the short stories are great. Um, and since time is of the essence in an EL classroom, we have to carefully think what is it we want our students to take away from those stories. And uh, I will share a couple of short stories that have worked really well with my EL students and actually are used as part of the curriculum where I work. So the first one is Lamb to the Slaughter, which is a fantastic story with an unexpected twist and you can do so much with it. Now, um, for English learners, this is a great story to practice grammar. So namely, simple present tense, which is used for habitual actions. And it is also a great way to work with character traits 
because the main character is so controversial. So if, uh, if you're not familiar with the story, it is about uh, a lady whose name is Mary Maloney and who uh, seems like a sweet young woman, you know, expecting woman uh, who loves her husband very much, but then, you know, halfway through the story, she literally kills her husband with a leg of lamb, right? So we, uh, you know, uh, what is she as a character, right? Is she a loving wife? Is she a criminal? Um, so it's perfect to point out the descriptive language in the story because the author takes the time to set the stage for the main conflict. And in addition, this is a great story to teach students how to find evidence to prove their point. Now, the second short story is The Last Leaf by O. Henry, and I love this because it's also um, with an unexpected twist and a great way to introduce character traits and for vocabulary building so uh, that they can express themselves beyond good, pretty, um, and start using more varied descriptions of characters such as extraordinary, fascinating, empathetic, and so on. These are just several ways you can make language arts content accessible to your English learners. And I hope you found these tips and resources useful. I personally have used all of them uh, because, well, A, I created them and I also wanted to try them out with my students. And they're really great mini lessons, engaging, um, and you can incorporate them into your teaching, whether a new concept or as a review. So I will link the lessons mentioned here in the show notes underneath this episode. Uh, feel free to share this episode uh, with your content area teachers, um, Hope they will find it useful and uh, kind of like breaking it down how they can access their English learners. And I have a question as always, what are your tips for teaching ELA to English learners? Share with us inside our Facebook group or tag me or message me on Instagram. Thank you for listening. And until next time. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard today, be sure to do two things. First, make sure to subscribe to the ESL Teaching Podcast so you don't miss an episode. And second, leave a positive review wherever you listen, on iTunes, Spotify, or any other platform. Positive reviews will improve the chances of this podcast to be discovered in the feed and help our fellow ESL ELL teachers. And of course, there's a third thing. If you aren't following me on social media yet, come join me on Instagram at SimplyYevaESL, Facebook SimplyYeva, or connect with me on my website, SimplyYeva.com. Thanks again, and until next time.